Hi, everyone. Back at you with another episode of ESEC Lending Insights, where we keep it unscripted, real, and interesting. Unscripted, Peter? I would say that's definitely true, but interesting. Why don't we let our listeners decide on that one? What we are here to do, folks, is share with you our thoughts and perspectives on the securities lending industry, whether that be about demand trends or just what's going on in the industry. And now over to our episode. Let's go. Now are you going to let me see you? Yeah, look at my Christmas jacket. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, I'm wearing it tonight. You were oh. doing the thing. Oh, I wish I had dressed up. I nice. almost want to press pause on this and Can't go get it. some festive attire. Can't do it. It actually comes with identical pants. Which... <laughs> do you own them? I do. I do. Oh. They've never been worn together. I'm contemplating it this evening, we'll say. Got to listen to some Oh, because you're going to the Boston Pops this evening. That's why. Correct. All right. So hold on. People need to be caught up to the visual here. So Jim is in a, well, first of all, he has a white suit shirt, normal button collar shirt, although not fully buttoned up to the top, I will note. And he okay. has a, I don't know, a forest green color blazer with pine branches and needles all in the back with then holiday garland all over it and gingerbread man's candy canes and the garland is actually made out of popcorn i think right packages Uh, presents yeah it is actually you're right all right well that's amazing okay well if you do the whole get up then i think i and our listeners all deserve a photo okay yeah. I'm not afraid. I'm not All afraid. right. So speaking of our listeners, hi everyone. Another episode of ESEC Lending Insights. It's just Jim and Brooke. Peter is not with us. He is otherwise occupied, but he's with us in mind, body, and spirit always. So yesterday, I'm not a Spotify user. I use Apple Podcasts. So I didn't get like the Spotify wrapped for my music listening for this year. I guess I listen to music on a separate platform. But anyway, I didn't get that. But I know it's a thing. And I also live in Burlington, Vermont. So anyone that got Burlington, Vermont as your Spotify wrapped sound city, I feel you. But Spotify also does the same thing for podcasting. And so we got the summary of our Cleaning Insights podcast stats on Spotify. And it's sort of hilarious. First of all, 25 countries we have people tuning into this thing from on Spotify alone. Do you believe that? I don't believe that, no. Do you think we could play a guessing game on those 25 countries? (laughs) Well, you could give more details first. All right. So hold on. Where are my notes? 25 countries, the U.S., UK, Canada, India, Hong Kong are our top. 74% of our listeners found us last year on Spotify. So we went up by 100% growth in listeners, 112% growth in followers, which probably just distinguishes those that actually are subscribing, I guess. But I love this part. So for 70 of our listeners, we are in your top 10 podcasts that you listen to on the regular. So I feel pretty good about that. For 40 of our listeners, we are in your top five for podcasts listened, but this is the best stat ever. We have eight listeners out there, folks, where we are their number one podcast, to which Jim told me that they probably only listen to one podcast. (laughs) Or a family member of yours, one or the other. Yeah, I don't even listen on Spotify. I don't think anyone I know is a Spotify listener. So first of all, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is definitely me just listening over and over again. But then I realized that I'm not a Spotify user. So it's not me. Yeah, pretty cool. 25 countries seems a little ridiculous. Maybe it's 
US, UK, Hong Kong people traveling, listening on the road or something. I, I don't know, 25. Oh, do you think it, that's possible? I guess maybe there's a little bit of possibility that that could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All I right. love it. All right. Well, you know, we're lending in 37 markets globally, right? Or whatever the number is, it's close to that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the local Hashtag exchanges trend. listening. <laughs> we are trending. Yeah. But Jim, I do yeah. have to tell you, and you can be either happy or sad about this, but the podcasts that you featured on mm-hmm. were not the top. The podcast that got the top listens in 2023, both, I repeat, both Matt Chesson featured. So Ches Dog is really pulling the listens. Either that or he is himself pulling all the listens. I don't know. I can't imagine he, A, lets you call him Ches Dog or B, he likes calls himself it. Ches Dog sometimes. That's okay. But you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, you know what? That probably explains the broad viewer listenership because Matt is a little bit more global than you or I. So maybe it's Matt. You think he's more global than me? I think so. He's got an accent. <laughs> <laughs> all right well the episode entitled make me smart ask jim what's the most shared podcast so that's clearly your that was more mocking me as your i know entourage how about that yeah. was clearly your entourage mocking you sharing it with all of your other friends market participants sharing it and saying look how smart jim thinks he is and how dumb he actually is yeah like. okay so we okay. haven't podcasted in a while or at least you and i haven't how have you been? Anything to report other than your festive attire? And then I want to dig into the market. Everything's good here. Trying to get into the holiday season, starting to listen to Christmas music. So. All right. So part of the reason why we're podcasting today is because earlier this week, you and I were in a meeting and I thought you gave a very good summation of how the market evolved over the course of the year. Highs, lows, bright spots, dark yep. spots, whatever you want to call it. And I thought we could just kind of walk through that and maybe do as I always do, which is interrupt and ask questions along the way. (laughs) Funny, as I was pulling up my notes from that meeting, I was like, maybe I'll just try and get through this entire thing without Brooke interrupting me and then take her questions. But I knew knew too much (laughs) to ask. What do you think the over-under on that is? Is uh, (laughs) Low? Yeah, I wouldn't bet against it. All right. Okay. Well, Uh, anyway, so make us smart, Jim. I don't know if I'm going to make you smart, but I'm going to throw stats at you like I did in that meeting. And it's really just the beginning of year-end research, kind of wrapping up 2023. I tried to surmise the year in 25 words or less, and I think I got it. So I'll try it again. Hold on. Hold on. I want to get my oh. fingers out. I actually I want to come. Even started. You cannot help yourself. Well, when we were in the meeting, I didn't know you were going to do this. And so you started in on your words and I hadn't started counting. So I oh, wanted gee. to count. All right. <laughs> So 2023, short base, flat to unched, revenue, very concentrated, mostly deal names, specials, soft, GC structured trades. So I don't know that I counted right because I might have also counted some syllables in there, but it was close. I actually think it could be under 25 words. Very nice. Excellent. Is there a reason though why we can't say unchanged? No, I know it annoys you. That's why I did it. I like it. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Friday jab. That's all. I'd be a lot nicer if we podcasted on, say, Tuesdays. I wouldn't be as uh, wouldn't be as feisty. You also wouldn't have your festive laser on. So that's the reason to do it today, apparently. Well, it's December. Didn't we used to do in the summer? We would do crazy hats on Friday. Well, you and I did it like twice. Well, that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So you gave us the overview. Now dig in a bit more. 
Yeah, so some of the stats and a handful of them kind of surprised me as well. But everybody knows what's been driving revenue, it's deals this year. And I'll get into that. But if you look at just U.S. equities, ADRs, and credit and high-yielding IG bonds, balances on Gen 1 were roughly $660 billion for the whole market. And as of a couple of days earlier this week, they were just under 710, which is up between 7 and 8%. But that flies in the face of the S&P being up 19, the NASDAQ being up 40, Dow being up sub 10, I think, something like that. So that tells us balances are down, even though the balance numbers are up, right? Less shorts. Average fees for that same region, 58 bips on Gen 1, 51 bips today. So less specials or the specials are less special or both. Utilization from 4% down to just above three and a half beginning to last week or to this week. So more supply maybe is the only additional read looking at that. Your last point, do you think it's both fewer specials and specials are down? Yes, there's definitely less specials. And I think the specials remain special for shorter periods. So that is just a snapshot of an average fee on a certain date. So it could be a little misleading, but yeah, I think it's very concentrated. A lot of the Specials we see in the market today are special situations in one way or another, whether it's IPO lockups like we're seeing with Kava or the Siri trade, AMC trade. So it's small caps. I'm starting to do a little bit of analysis on small caps, and I'm looking at it three ways. The Russell 2 small cap index, the IWM, which is the small cap tracking, Russell 2 tracking ETF. And then I'm looking at specials 250 bips or greater across the market and on our book. And so with the Russell 2, if you look at on loan of the constituents of the Russell 2 as a percent of total market cap of the Russell 2, which I think is a pretty good gauge. 18 months ago, it was at 5%. Six months ago, it was at 4%. And now it's still right around 4%. So that's what the Russell 2K is up 5 or 6%, I think, this year. So that's clearly telling us there's less shorts in the index. IWM, very similar story, I think, although on a percentage basis, even more exaggerated. So if you take the IWM it shares outstanding is the amount on loan of IWM versus shares outstanding, which as we know for an ETF, that's a moving target shares outstanding, unlike common stock. So it was the beginning of 2023, it was roughly 16% on loan to shares outstanding. And this week it was 11%. That's a pretty big downward move. IWM historically is a really nice way to, on years where you have big gains in the markets, portfolio managers can hedge out their risk and just lock in on those gains without selling the portfolio by selling short the IWM. But I guess Russell 2 is not up that much, so nobody's locking in and using it as a hedge. But it also tells us there's less shorts in that ETF, which I think is just less activity, less risk taking. Do you have any sense of, and I know that you probably don't have these prepared in front of you, so maybe it's your best guess, but do you have any sense of like, when you're quoting the stats from a year ago versus today, how those compare to a longer time horizon? I don't have it. What's your it, best guess? Like a year ago, would that have even been at lows compared to maybe more historical norms? It's down relative to 10 and seven years ago, but I'm not sure in between. We may have dipped lower and then come back. I have to relook at it. I've got COVID brain. Was that long COVID where I can't really remember much beyond March of 2020? So the amount of specials, in the market at points in time. So using 250 bips or higher as kind of a gauge of what's special. So Jan 1, it was over 25 billion of balance for 250 plus specials. And then this week it was 10. That's a big difference in a space where it's kind of bread and butter for us in terms of making revenue and seeing shorts in the small cap space. So it's down 20% or so, I think, right? 5 billion on 25 billion. So that's a pretty big move year over year. Yeah. And the idea of taking just point in time, it's not perfect. 
and it really just captures the directional piece of it, the true shorting, thinking something's going to go down as opposed to special situations, which you have to look at one off because they're on and then off and you can't predict them. You can't really gauge them unless you look at it more holistically from a revenue standpoint. Without talking about the VIX, because I feel like that always is discussed, what yeah. are the other things that need to potentially change to have that commentary adjusted on specials next year? I mean, is it yeah. interest rates? Are there other broad macro market factors that come into play? Or do you have a feel for that? It's a great question. What could happen? What's the trigger to see more specials next year? I don't know. I think it probably varies by the hedge fund strategy. And if somebody's tasked with long short, they could be more long than short. And then something may trigger them to go balanced or more short than long, but by mandate have to be long short. So they'll be in the market. I don't know. I think a market rally Q1, typically we see shorting into good size rallies and then we see covering into good size falls. I don't know if it's the tail wagging the dog or the dog wagging the tail. I don't know. They happen at the same time. So I don't know which is pushing which, but I would think if we saw a good size rally on top of this November, which was a strong November, it's kind of back and forth, up and down thus far in December, but widely expecting that Santa Claus rally to happen. So if it continues into Q1, we see a bit of a rally triggered by lower rates. I would think shorts might come in at that point. It might be a good opportunity. Apple's trading at 31 times earnings. That's pretty expensive historically. And so any sort of tech rally on top of where we're at now could lead to good shorts. And then it's driven by sectors, whether it's housing and REITs or biotech and all these spinoffs and mergers, the EV space, X Tesla, like it could just take a new sector in play and suddenly shorts go up. So I was saying to our guy, Ryan, who trades specials this morning, I'm sick and tired of him saying, and he must be as well, the same seven special for the last year on his updates. Yeah. Enough. Like, I get it. Yeah. I hear that as well. I could probably even quote them all and I'm not trading the book. But what does it mean though? Some of the names that were special in the past now are back on his radar in terms of top names like Beyond Meat or GameStop. I know he quoted this morning. Have those been just sort of there the whole time or have those actually come back in a real way? They haven't come back in a real way. The short base has been there all along. They've just gotten easier. So it's a less crowded short, but the base is still there. But in the last week or so, as the equity market sells off on the back of November, it just feels like there's a lot of activity in the meme stocks. And so, or at least it does to me in terms of the names that I hear in our desk every morning, quote, what they're getting checked on from the borrowing community and where they have pricing power and where they don't. It just seems like the meme stocks are back in play a little bit, but I wouldn't say it's a trend or anything. It's nothing we've noticed other than the last five trading sessions or something like that. And how about the GC market and financing? So, so much of what we're seeing in terms of like with my beneficial owner hat on, a lot more of the market are starting to look to lending as a tool to support liquidity raising, to support financing and leverage mm -hmm. for other plan purposes where that can happen from a regulatory perspective, of course. But what's the theme? Like if you were to put that into a soundbite over the course of the year, what does that look like? Start of the year to now in terms of ability mm -hmm. to raise cash, levels at which that's done, mm -hmm. ease of which that's done, recognizing all of the regulatory and capital headwinds that are fierce. Like what does what that look like? Yeah, the lack of a solution on the capital side for RWA, with like CCP or all these alternatives to traditional lending documentation changes, any sort of workarounds. Like it's not 
widespread or standardized yet. And so one way to get around that is to do higher rate GC. From a broker's perspective, it makes the pain of that capital holdback a little bit muted. So what that's led to in 2023 is the ability to raise cash if you wanted to, lending equities into a broad, easy borrow base, lending Google and Apple and Meta and taking cash back, but you have to pay for it. But I think it's persisted throughout the year. There's plenty of cash there. As we head into the year end, typically we see a little bit of window dressing around balance sheets. We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen people flipping from cash to non-cash. I think it's just a push from the broker perspective, a push to get the highest rate you can. There's plenty of demand for cash loans. And so I think it's a shell game on their side in terms of shifting around where those easy borrows come from, whether it's an internal box, internal exclusives they have, broker to broker business, or us, lender to broker business. If ESECs of the world and our clients are willing to pay up and have a need for that cash, it's been there. It's been relatively stable. We've seen few hiccups, but it's real more technicals than anything. So I think that should continue next year, barring any macro events or change that would change the perspective of the prime brokerage community in terms of how they solution for capital in RWA. I think it'll be a good year for cash lending. You know, I also think, and I'm not a rates guy, but it looks like the market's telling us there's going to be significant rate cuts starting maybe in May. We should have Mike Brooks on soon and have him chat about we, kind of year. That'd we be bring him on. When you're not around, that's who we bring on. We should have the two of us on again. You want to be on with him? Oh, okay. I will, gotcha. yeah. Keep him in okay. check. All right. But Mike, you can join Jim next time. For our lending clients, I think, especially the cash lending clients, or specifically the cash lending clients, that sort of environment could be fantastic when your cost of funds, which is our equity loans, your cost of funds drops by 25 or 50 bips, whatever the Fed cuts, and that's an immediate action and your yield bleeds down over time as coupons reset lower. So it's a real good environment, which we haven't enjoyed in probably 15 years just because of the zero rate environment we've had since the credit, since the crisis in 2008. So it's a phenomenon that we used to love when it happened. It was, you'd always, as a lender, you'd root for lower rates, rate cuts, because it always meant nice fat P&L for a couple of days at least, or a couple of weeks. We just haven't had it in 12 years. Many people in this market, sadly, haven't been through that cycle, but you and I have. I have, yeah. Like how I put you in the same camp. I did, yeah. I, yeah, I used to always be in a different categorization when we referenced yeah. age, experience, those things. I'm on the other side of it now, is what you're telling me? Yeah, multiple <laughs> kids, house, obligations. You know, you're right there with me. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's all true. It's the holidays, which means that you tend to spend extra time in person with our borrowing counterparts, seeing them and hearing what they care about most. What are some of those themes? Do they give you any sort of a crystal ball on a look forward basis of where they're focused for the coming year and what they care most about? Typically, the conversations we have in January and February are focused around their client behavior and what's expected. And I go forward, that's the most telling for us. So we don't have that information now, but heading into year end, it's fair to say most of them are focused on optimization of capital. And so finding good solutions that are scalable, which right now there really isn't a whole lot of scalable solutions for. I haven't had one meeting where people don't talk about that. I think there's a little concern about bank revenue, broadly speaking, is down. M&A was slow. It picked up for us in terms of deals that were in play for securities lenders, but just kind of banking, iBanking in general was kind of a soft year. And so I think bank revenue is what, while Prime's had a pretty good year across the board, pay and staffing needs and resources probably are flat to being reduced in the next two to three quarters. And so it's a topic that we talk about. And it's also a business concern because you need automation then comes into play. You need to automate more if I have less people to do the work. So 
a lot of conversations like that in December. Obviously, we talk about the turn and year end and kind of being sorted for that. The way Christmas and New Year's falls this year, I would expect everything to be tied up by the end of the week after next. So kind of the 21st, I think, is that Friday. I would guess books are closed, done and dusted by then. Just a handful of exceptions. But I should have more in Jan in terms of what I think is important, which is what are the hedge fund clients going to do when it comes to putting risk on on the short side and where they're going to source their stock and in what structures. Okay, good. Well, we'll bug you about that then. I'll give you my 80 questions on that topic come mid-January or late January, maybe. I don't sweat you. <laughs> it's a line from Rocky, by the way. You remember that movie, right, Brooke? You were- I do. I do remember Rocky. I could do dun 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 Have we had any single podcast where you haven't sung? Yes, there's been plenty. Maybe it's only the ones where you're on that I go into song. But speaking of, I have big plans for this podcast next year as we turn the corner, and I hope you're going to be right there with me. I Mm -hmm. think with our massive global adoption of listeners, we need to step it up a little bit. We need to, is professionalize? It's probably not a word. I feel like that's a word that you would use though, but we need to up the professionalism of what we offer. Maybe we should think about sponsors, you know, get some sponsorship money in in this thing. Like we probably, this could be like a side gig for us, you know. I think it's about time. We have the subscriber base. We're there. We have at least. I know. It's like an extra bonus pool for Jim and Brooke and maybe Bass. So are you so are we leaving that with you? You're gonna look for sponsors for us and then Yes, I will find us some sponsors. Yes. I will look far and wide and I'm sure I'll come up with something. Okay. And if you fall down, if your sponsors aren't up to snuff, I'll have a go at it. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Or we could just competitively both work on it and see who Okay. Give me till January. All right. Well, I don't need till January. I'll get mine lined up right away. Okay. <laughs> why do I think you have something in mind already because I always have something in mind that's why all right well good anything else any other parting words for this festive early December day no it makes me smile thinking that Peter Basler has FOMO worse than anybody I know he's missing this podcast he doesn't listen to our own podcasts but he will listen to this one because he missed it I don't know man I well he's clearly not amongst the eight I can tell you that much. (laughs) Well, we'll know because he won't have heard this and he'll know that we discussed him and if he does listen. So I'd be willing to wager he does. Well, let's also be clear. Jim, have you ever listened to one of our podcasts? I, you know what? Yes, but not alone. My mom wanted to hear it. Yeah. Well, she must be one of the eight then. Maybe. No, she listened to it just when I was there. There's no way she listened to it again. (laughs) No, but uh, she, oh, that's so cute. Okay. Thanks, mom. All right. Well, thank you, Mama Jim. (laughs) We are indeed cute and we do have fun while doing so or being so. Okay. Well, good, Jim. Thank you, listeners. We will tune back in soon. We promise not to leave so much time and space between now and the next time. And happy holidays, everyone. Happy December. Happy holidays. Talk soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope we left you with something interesting and productive to utilize in your daily securities lending activities. And friends, don't forget to subscribe to ESEC Lending Insights wherever you get your podcasts. And now for our disclaimer. This material is for your private information and does not constitute legal tax or investment advice. There is no representation or warranty as to the current accuracy of nor liability for decisions based upon such information. Thank you for listening.